Greetings, podcast friends. This is Dr. Harlan Betts, and I'm delighted to welcome you to Wisdom from Above. There are thousands of voices that declare human wisdom, but we want to discover divine wisdom, wisdom from above. This podcast is designed to help us move beyond the reasonings of men to the revelation of God. It is my personal conviction that we can find wisdom from above in the Bible. We're on a quest for truth, knowing that truth can set us free from confusion and give us understanding. Truth can set us free from despair and give us hope. Truth can set us free from fear and give us faith. My passion is to see lives transformed into conformity with Christ through the teaching of the Scriptures. I find great delight in studying the Word, putting it into practice, and sharing its truth with others. I'm really excited because today is the beginning of our third season of Wisdom from Above. The theme for Season 3 of Wisdom from Above is Distinctions Worth Knowing. You've probably heard someone say, uh, you're skating on thin ice. That's, that's actually a warning. There's just a few inches difference between ice you can walk on that will keep you safe and the ice that is too thin that will you fall to potential death. But that distinction is worth knowing. Well, we're going to look at some distinctions worth knowing in thinking and in theology. Just to name a few, relationship versus fellowship, to judge or not to judge, entrance versus inheritance, justification versus sanctification, and things like that. Today's episode is on the distinction between peace with God and the peace of God. In the film Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne was a successful young banker who was wrongfully convicted of murdering his wife. He was sentenced to two life prison terms. Red, a hardened but repentant criminal who was resigned to spending the rest of his life in prison, said this about Andy. He had a quiet way about him, a walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. He strolled like a man in the park, without a care or a worry in the world, like he had an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. Believers can live like that. Those who believe in Christ, you know, you could be wrongly accused, living in difficult circumstances, but still wrapped up in the invisible coat of God's peace that shields our hearts and minds. We're looking today at the distinction between peace with God and the peace of God. Let's look first of all at peace with God. Vance Havner once said, Men do not have peace in the world, nor in their hearts, because they do not have peace with God. Nothing is settled until it is settled right, and nothing is settled right until it is settled with God. Well, that's exactly right. The Old Testament in Isaiah 57, 20 and 21 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. You see, all mankind is sin. All mankind are separated from God. All mankind are alienated from God. All mankind are at enmity with God. It's like a, a war between a holy God and a sinful man or an alienation between a holy God and a sinful man. And yet God wants to reconcile us to himself. He wants to take away that enmity. That He wants to remove that separation. And he can do that only through Christ. In Romans 5.1, we read, Therefore, having been justified by faith, 
We have peace with God. There's our first concept. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith. So at the moment that you place your faith in Christ, believing that he died for your sins and rose again, you immediately experience a peace with God. You're immediately given peace with God. The enmity with God is removed. The conflict with God is gone. The penalty of your sin is paid. Forgiveness of sin is realized. The barrier of sin is removed. And reconciliation is accomplished. So you have peace with God. So that peace with God is based on this relationship with Christ. The key is the cross and faith in Christ's death and resurrection. We have peace with God when we're reconciled with God. Peace with God is an objective peace. It's permanent. It's eternal. Once you trust Christ, you have peace with God as a result of his redemptive work. And this peace with God is a result of trusting in God's redemptive work, a result of justification by faith. Peace with God is enjoyed by those who believe in Jesus' substitutionary death and resurrection. On the other hand, there is the peace of God. Philippians 4, 4-9 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He's talking to believers and how they can have the peace of God. By uh, Don't be anxious. Trust. Don't be worrying. Pray. Don't be ungrateful and taking things for granted. Be thankful, and then you'll experience the peace of God. He goes on to say, whatever is noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. Think on these things, and the things you've seen and heard from me do, and the God of peace will be with you. So we have this idea of having this mindset on things that are noble and just and pure and lovely, of good report, and doing the things that God has asked us to do, and the God of peace will be with us. There will be an intimacy with the Almighty, the way I like to say it. Intimacy with the Almighty experiencing that amazing peace, the peace of God, because we're in harmony with him. We're in fellowship with him. Isaiah 26.3 hints at this. It's speaking about the Lord, and it says to the Lord, You, Lord, will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. So we experience this perfect peace if our mind is stayed on Christ, if our mind is fixed on him, we're dwelling on him, we're thinking about God and and his will and his way and his wishes and his character and his conduct. We're focused on Christ and we're trusting in Christ. We're relying on him. A great picture is uh, uh, given by an artist of peace. There's a rock in the midst of the sea battered by powerfully fierce winds and beaten by tremendously crushing waves, and there in the cleft of the rock is a little bird sound asleep. And that's the way it is with the believer who's resting in the Lord. The storms of life may rage, but the believer is relaxed and at rest and at peace. The peace of God is based on fellowship. The key is confessing our sins and a commitment to walking worthy of our calling. We experience the peace of God when we're resting in God. The peace of God is a subjective peace, and it's temporal. Remember, peace with God was objective and, and permanent or eternal. This is subjective. This peace with 
God is a permanent thing, where the peace of God is a daily, moment-by-moment thing. If we're walking by faith, it's a blessing of walking by faith. Peace with God was a, a result of justification by faith, but peace of God is a blessing of walking by faith. The peace of God is enjoyed by those who are faithful and trusting and obeying. So we trust in God for eternal life and have peace with God, but we rest in God in this present life to experience the peace of God. Now, having looked at that and understanding the peace of God as something that we can experience moment by moment, day by day, as we're in fellowship with him, I want to share six steps to experiencing the peace of God from Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Step one, rejoice in the Lord. This is verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just rejoice occasionally. Not just rejoice when something great happens. Rejoice in the Lord always. Make the choice to rejoice. The Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. We may not rejoice about the trial. We may not rejoice because of the trial. But we can rejoice in the trial, knowing that God can work all things together for good, and knowing that tribulation cultivates our character. We also rejoice in God's presence in the trial. God promises about the trial, and God's protection through the trial. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Step two, react graciously to others. React graciously to others. Be gentle and forbearing with everyone. The Bible says, as much as lies within you, live at peace with all mankind. Well, it takes two to tango, so they have to respond as well. But we need to do our part, and there will be difference of opinion and direction. But every person on this planet is made in the image of God. Every person on this planet is precious in the eyes of God. Every person on this planet should be respected and loved. The Bible says a gentle word turns away wrath. So if we're going to react graciously, we have to use a gentle word. Let our words be seasoned with salt, designed to build up rather than cut down, designed to to develop and not destroy, designed to help and not hurt. Let your graciousness be evident to all, he says. So rejoice in the Lord. React graciously others. Step three, rest in the Lord. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The songwriter put it this way. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. You can know that Jesus is with you and you can abide in him and you can rest in him. Step four. Reach up to God in prayer. Verses 6 and 7 tells us to do this. Be anxious for nothing, to be prayerful for everything, to be thankful for anything. You see, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. He's just waiting for us to call upon him. So prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And Paul gives us these three commands that impact our attitude and actions. Being anxious for nothing, being prayerful for everything, being thankful for anything. And don't miss the promised result of doing these three things. And the peace of God will guard your heights and minds through Christ Jesus. Step five, reflect on positive things. That's verse eight. The battle for peace is primarily fought in the mind. And we must take every thought captive to Christ. We need to meditate on God's word and focus on Christ. The Bible says, whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, 
Think on these things. By the way, Jesus is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report. We can think about him. Focus on him. And then finally, step number six, resolve to obey the Lord. Resolve, make a resolution, make a commitment, decide to obey the Lord. The Holy Spirit will not let us be at peace in sin. He will convict us. Our Heavenly Father will not allow us to be at peace in disobedience. He will discipline us. Jesus said our obedience to him is an evidence of our love for him. Therefore, we must resolve to obey the Lord. Paul says, the things you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Then you will experience the promised result. The God of peace will be with you. It is my hope that you've made the decision to place your faith in Jesus, believing that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. If so, you have peace with God. If not, I would encourage you to do so right now, right where you are. Be reconciled with God. Be sure of having eternal life. Have peace with God. Say to him something like this, Father, I know I've sinned. I know I don't deserve you. I don't deserve eternal life. I don't deserve heaven. But I believe Jesus died in my place. He paid for my sins. So right now I'm trusting in him. If that's your heart, if that's your decision, believing in him, then you have peace with God and you're a child of God now and you're going to heaven. You have eternal life. It is also my prayer that those of you who are already believers are trusting instead of panicking, that you're praying instead of worrying, that you're thankful instead of taking God's blessings for granted, and that you're seeking with God's help to walk worthy of your calling. If so, you will, be, you will experience the peace of God in these moment-by-moment days. In the midst of chaos, you can still experience peace with God. Thanks uh, again for listening to Wisdom from Above. From the beginning, we've chosen to keep Wisdom from Above both ad-free and cost-free. If you enjoy the podcast, you can help us out in several ways. First, hit the follow or subscribe button so you're notified weekly about each new podcast. Second, help us reach more people by telling others about the podcast and by sharing this podcast with your family and friends. Third, give the podcast a five-star rating. Fourth, write a one-to-four-sentence review. Fifth, if you do want to donate to my podcast ministry, you can do so at www.teachingtotransform.org. If you'd like to contact me, uh, you can email me at harlanbetts at icloud.com. Or you can leave a message on my Facebook page, Wisdom from Above with Dr. Harlan Betts. Thank you for listening. Again, I, I just want you to know I am honored that you've chosen to partner with me in this passionate quest for wisdom from above.